0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family wealth and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash
1: coaching to learn more. Let's look at all the different aspects of our life. Let's look at all the different roles that I play and figure out how do they all live together harmoniously so that they're supporting each other, not pitted against each other.
0: is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you so much for being here today, everybody. More and more Americans are embracing the side hustle lately. The massive amount of debt in our country is forcing people to get a second or even a third gig to make ends meet. But what if you start to really like your gig? Maybe you see this gig turning into a real grown-up business. How can we leave our nine-to-fives and pursue our passion while still providing for our family? I've invited two guests on the show today that will help us answer this very question. Tom and Ariana Sylvester are a married couple that not only raises children together... But they also build businesses together. They run a coaching business called Lifestyle Builders, where they help everyday people build their lifestyle through entrepreneurship. They also own a liquor store, they invest in real estate, and they still have time to be present parents to their two small kids. Their story and mission of entrepreneurial empowerment has been featured in USA Today, Bigger Pockets, and Huffington Post. Welcome to the show, Tom and Ariana.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so excited. That was an awesome intro. Hey, well, you guys have done
0: some awesome things, so it's uh, (laughs) worthy of an awesome intro.
2: (laughs) So, Tom, how
0: did you guys, how did you start, how did you decide that you wanted to help people become better entrepreneurs? How was that your mission in life?
1: So it actually didn't start out that way. Um, basically, it started out as as we were graduating college, we looked ahead and we're like, well, I was like... No, you, you. <laughs> 45 years sitting in a cubicle because I was a computer uh, a software developer. I was like, that's not the life I want for us. So I set a goal to retire, basically have us retired by 35. No idea how I was gonna make that happen. And then over the course of us starting a couple businesses, starting our family, we started having people come to us and ask us really two questions. You know, one, how do you guys get everything done? And then two, can you help us start a business to do the same thing? So it was basically from that that we said, you know, we've developed a lot of these skills. We've obviously had success in business. Yeah, that'd be great to help other people be able to do what we've done. What was that moment when you decided, hey,
0: I'm not going to go down the traditional path and I'm going to go this way. It sounded like it happened like right away
1: out of, out of school, right? (laughs) Yeah. Basically uh, we were ending school and I just started, I was starting to apply for jobs and I was like, man, I, this wasn't really what I signed up for. And um, I actually had a friend give me a book called the automatic millionaire and I actually didn't. Yeah. I was going to say, I see it behind you. That's perfect. I actually, I hated reading books before this. And he's like, no, trust me, read this. And so I read the book and I was like blown away. I was like, holy crap, we could become millionaires. But then right away I looked at it again. I'm like, but it's 45 years of compound interest in waiting. Like, I don't want to wait that long. So I set the goal of 35. I was like, well, that's long enough for us to figure out how to do it, but not too long to where we end up kind of wasting our life before we can enjoy it.
0: That's cool. That's very cool. So Ariana, I understand that you and Tom had a little bit of debt when you guys started your marriage.
2: A little bit might be oh, a <laughs> understatement. <laughs> so a lot. so when lot. you
0: guys, when you guys started the businesses, did, did this help that process? How, how did that, how did that help or hinder what you were at? Uh, it on
2: actually caused quite a bit of contention at the beginning because when we were looking where we were looking at like, Oh, Hey, where are we at financially? We just bought a house. We got married. We did improvements to the house, like all of this stuff that just kept adding the debt on top of itself. Mm. And then he was like, oh, I want to start businesses. And then it was like, oh, well, we've got to take 5000 here to add to the businesses. And then we got to take 5000 here. And then it was like, to me, all I could see at the time was, you're taking the money that we could be using to pay down our debt and to get to a really good place financially. And you're going and spending it on all these crazy dreams that you have of starting a business. And for me, I wasn't really aligned with that. So it did cause quite a bit of tension. And then even as we started getting into the businesses and I started getting a little bit more on board, every time we came back to like those financial discussions, I it took me a long time to get over the fact that we chose to do one path, which was start the businesses, instead of the other path, which could have been pay off our debt and be at a better place financially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it came down to for me, though, was I I started to see what his vision was. So time over time I started to finally like be like okay well yeah sure we could have been in a better place financially but we made a choice to set ourselves up for the future and have these businesses already running in have in, in the real estate and the liquor store they're more long-term businesses where we weren't expecting to make a huge amount of profit up front but they're really going to set us up down the road to be in a good spot so yeah it was it was tough at first to kind of get over that hump
1: what were well, some it, of the I'll oh, go ahead Tom I was gonna say, and and quick on that point, one of the biggest things that we tell people now is you know, make sure the type, like, you know if you can focus on paying off debt that's always going to help but if you're going to start a business make sure it's a business that doesn't require a lot of cost up front but will start bringing you in money quicker to then help pay off that debt cuz that yeah, was one of the that was one of the challenges we didn't do we ended up starting businesses where we had to invest money and then it was splitting focus between investing money to build more money while also then not putting as much on debt
2: yeah. what, what
0: were some of those capital intensive businesses that you started in the beginning
1: Yeah. So the first one was real estate investing. Mm -hmm. So in order to buy the properties, we had to have money and then it was some money to renovate it and all of that. So like one of what we always tell people now is like, if you can start a service business or start something that requires more of your time, it doesn't take as much money up front and you can start making money faster with it.
2: Yeah. And the wine and liquor store was
1: same type of thing, same sort
2: of thing. You had to invest a little bit to get in. And then we also made some pretty large mistakes early on that caused us to have to put in some of our own money to kind of cover for those mistakes.
0: So there were there were some uh, tough conversations in the beginning. We'll say uh, then, yes. So, so, oh, so yeah. many. So <laughs> Ariana, tell me some of, of Tom's methods that he used with you or strategies that he used with you to have some conversations about this is the lifestyle we want to have and then maybe tell me some of the strategies that didn't work.
2: <laughs> well, the first strategy that didn't work per se would be he went out and spent about $8,000 on a real estate training course without asking
1: or talking mm-hmm. to me about it. Not not only spending $8,000, but I put it on two high interest credit cards because we didn't have that Yep, And I basically bought into the dream of like, this is the only way we can make it happen. And um obviously that was a costly mistake <laughs> that not only didn't give us money right away, but added to the debt.
2: Yep, And that strategy, while I, while I say that wasn't the best strategy, that ultimately was what I had to like do some internal searching, like what is happening right now? Like he's not the type of guy that would normally do that. So when that happened, that kind of opened my eyes to there was something deeper going on in his head of like where is all of this going, which then forced us to have those conversations. So while I would not ever suggest to anybody to go out and do that, to open up the conversation, it did come with good results because it forced us to have those conversations about where do we see our lives going? Is it in the same direction? Are we kind of both on the same path here? Because if we're not, we probably should figure that out now before we go any further.
0: Yeah, open communication, like you guys are talking about, is so important, and I'm sure that's how you've been able to reach some of the success, not only business wise, but for your marriage as well. So, tell us where you are today. Obviously, there's a lot, you know, a lot to get there. The inspiration, the beginning, the difficult conversations, the debt. Where are you today, and why is this the lifestyle that you wanted to build?
1: Yeah. So basically, um, Ariana was able to leave her job. I've been able to leave my job. Uh, We have now our three businesses. And the really the big thing for us, and I think um, a story that kind of sets this apart, I used to be a traveling consultant. So I would be gone four days a week. Mm. And as we have young kids, we had our second child. um, That was tough. Ariana had to take on a lot of the roles at home and kind of be both parents during the week. And I missed out on a lot of those small things. So our daughter actually started kindergarten this year. And so actually just this week, we were able to go go on a field trip on like a random Tuesday. And both of us were able to go there because we build our schedules around our life first and we fit the business in. So when we were on this field trip, we were looking around and I said, you know what? We are the only parents that both parents are there at this field trip. And I mean, a lot of kids couldn't even have any of their parents there because they were working, but we were the only ones that both parents could be there because we built this life that allowed that. Mm, that's incredible
0: that's going to be so special for your daughter and you have a son as well is that right Mm -hmm. yep that's incredible and and how old are they
2: uh daughter's six she's the one that's in kindergarten and then our son is three so i mean he's really not even gonna know A time where we weren't around. I mean, he goes to daycare full time, but he's not going to have what she had where daddy was traveling, daddy wasn't home, mommy was always doing all the things. He's going to be in this house and, and growing up while we're both home, while we're both creating those schedules and able to Give our kids the time that we want and kind of raise them the way that we want to, without having those other outside constraints.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, I'm a similar similar boat. Uh, Zoe is six and uh, Calvin is four, so uh, very very similar situation.
2: <laughs> well, well, and I think Zoe is the inspiration for Elena. Oh, not sucking That's your right. That's yes. right. I love
0: that. I love our series of videos back and forth. How, how is Good that going? Option. By the way.
2: Uh, She hit a hundred days. She kept track for a hundred days. Every single day. She made new charts. Every time she completed a chart, she would write out the next set of numbers, put stickers on every single day. We actually, she actually went up to like the 11 by 17 pieces of paper because it was a more space for making charts
1: but but not only did she accomplish that she tracked it every day for 100 days and then we took her to the zoo she then also went out and decided that she was going to help her friends so she went to all her friends and asked them what their bad habits were and then she wrote out how they could do the same thing she did so they could stop their bad habits she
2: literally brought 14 little post-it notes to school and went around to all of her friends and said hey what's your bad have it so and so, and then they would tell her, and she'd be like, You could track for a hundred days and just don't do that. <laughs>
0: that is so cute! Oh my god, uh, future coach. I think uh, we're seeing it right now. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about the coaching side of things. Ariana, what are some of the main challenges you're seeing entrepreneurs face as they're starting out and building their business, their lifestyle?
2: I think honestly is getting sucked into this industry and like seeing all the success stories and, you know, all the aspirations that people are out there showing you, which is amazing. Like we want you to know you can do it, but they come into it without knowing a real sense of reality of what building a business actually takes. Like it, Long hours. It's a lot of hard work. It's making the tough decisions. It's being putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, which I have been in many times. Um, you know, and it's really putting on all the hats to what it means to be a business owner. And I think that being coming in that disillusioned to what it actually takes often creates more struggle for a lot of new entrepreneurs because they come into it with all these happy feelings. And then it's like a slap in the face when they actually are like, Oh crap, I have to do all of this stuff. Like this is hard. And then they get into the mental struggles and then, you know, it's a lot of people drop off and just give up because they can't, they don't want to have to put in that much time and effort
0: yeah, I think that's this is an important conversation for us to have because I think your story is incredible, but I think it's also incumbent on you because you've had success to remind people that this is not a overnight story, or these are the things that you might forget. what What are some of those pitfalls that surprise uh, new entrepreneurs in year one? I know you guys have talked about it on your on your blog I was reading, just sheerly understanding how health insurance
1: works or uh-huh. things like that. What else? Yeah, one of the biggest things a lot of people don't realize is they get this idea for a business and they kind of fall in love with the idea and they don't actually go out and make sure that it's a good idea and people are willing to pay them for that. Mm. And time and time again, we see new entrepreneurs run into this struggle where they they go all in with their idea and maybe they start a blog or a podcast or they create a product but they don't actually confirm that people are willing to pay for that. So they spend a lot of time doing work and working hard, but then they basically burn out because they're not getting any return and they're not getting people paying them for that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tom, um, I've heard you talk about being a process junkie, which I appreciate (laughs) because I love a good process and it helps me to stay on task at work or even with my little small side business here. What Processes can people put in place to find more time? Because I have heard this conversation a lot. Because hey, I, I I I do another side business or I've got this great idea. I just don't have any time. How can people How can people solve that?
1: Yeah. I love that question because one of the, the biggest things, like whenever we're talking to people on like what their challenges are, time came up so much that we had to start saying, what's your biggest challenge besides <laughs> <Except> time?
2: <that.
1: laughs> um, but it, it's funny when people say, you know, like I need to find more time. Well, the reality is we all have the same amount of time. So one of the first things we do with all of our coaching clients or anyone that wants to work with us is we have them do a time audit. And essentially all this is, is for an entire week, track every half hour of your day and where that time goes. And then what we have them do is basically analyze that. And so for most people, the major categories are, you know, your personal life, your job, and then your business. And if you start breaking that down, you can see essentially where your time goes today and then what we always have people do is say, okay, now let's look at your goals and what you're looking to achieve. And does your schedule and where you're spending time align to those goals? And more often than not, it doesn't match up all the way. Mm-hmm. So then what we have people do is say, okay, well now let's redesign what that week looks like. You know, is there an opportunity to say, um, watch less TV or do things in a different way so that you can then free up time to be able to build this business without necessarily having to sacrifice your family or do some of those things?
2: Well, and I think it's it's focusing on quality over quantity too. You know, a lot of people are are doing things in their business that maybe is not the best use of the time that they have because those tasks are not directly related to the results that they ultimately want to get. Mm-hmm. So when you do the time audit and you're analyzing where you're spending that time, you can look at what am I spending my time on in my business? Are these tasks actually giving me the results that I want. Like if I set those goals out, are these things moving me closer or are they just causing me to work in that cycle of working hard, working hard, working hard, and you can't step off and actually start down the path. Hmm. And I think it's the same thing goes for family time. You know, A lot of us are like, oh, I don't spend enough time with my kids. I hear that a lot. And sometimes I feel that guilt because our kids go to school, we don't homeschool and our and our son goes to daycare full time and people are like, oh, but don't you work from home? Yes, yes, I do. So that, that I can work. But that wouldn't be quality <laughs> time. You know, he would be home, we would be trying to work, he would be distracting us and then you get the frustration of like, no, you need to go play, I need to do work. Instead, we've chosen to put him into daycare, which he absolutely loves. We get to spend all the quality time we want when he is home with us. We put the business aside. We spend time with our kids and we make sure that it's quality time. And we've actually put in place this summer, we're going to be doing family field trips every Friday, Friday family field trips. So she's home from school. We're going to take him out of daycare. He's not going to be in on Fridays. We're going to do fun stuff with the family. In order to do that, we obviously have to make sure that our Monday through Thursday is quality time spent in our business.
0: That's great. They're going to remember those traditions forever. That's awesome. I hope so. (laughs) Well, Tom, you've talked about your freedom number in the past. What is a freedom number and why is that important?
1: Absolutely. So a lot of people that look to start a business, one of their main drivers is they want to leave their job. And usually the people we work with, they want to do that because they want to spend more time with their family. So when, you know, we have a whole process that we help people kind of walk through to figure out what are all the steps to leave your job? Because it's not as simple as like, start a business, quit your job, and everything's going to be good. <laughs> no. <Nope>. There's um, <laughs> There's expenses, obviously, that we all have every month. But a big misconception that people run into is, let's say your expenses right now, or $4,000 a month. A lot of people will say, well, I just need my business to make $4,000 and I'll be good. A couple challenges come up with that. Um, one is when you leave your job, there's certain expenses that get added on that might be covered with your employer. So, health insurance. Big one. Um, you know, there's a thing called self employment tax that basically your company pays half of it. When you're self employed, that gets added on to you because you're the employee and the business <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> yeah so your freedom Go ahead. <laughs> yeah so your freedom number is really your expenses as they exist today, but ultimately when you leave your job, what your new monthly expenses are gonna be. And oftentimes if your expenses are four thousand dollars, if you got a family, your new monthly expenses might be fifty five hundred dollars. Hmm. So what we wanna make sure people do is that they don't build a business to where they're making four thousand dollars and then leave and have a fifteen hundred dollar a month gap that they didn't plan on. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And then you've you've talked about, you know, if you're going to make this transition, analyzing where you currently are, your current spending and your current income and realizing that there's some things that maybe you can do to be a little bit more frugal in order to make this transition. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. So <laughs> I used to have a big struggle with this and a lot of it was my own mentality and my own journey on the personal growth where I wasn't to the point yet where I was ready to give those things up. And I think this is what causes a lot of strife between couples where one is the entrepreneur and one is not, because I have not had the same aha moments that he has where he's like, oh, we're going to have this amazing life and it's going to be the best thing ever. And I'm just going to build a business that's going to get us there. And I'm just going to do it. Like I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get us there. I am not at that point yet. So one of the struggles that we had when we were trying to get to the point where Tom could leave his job was that our expenses were at a certain level, and we kept trying to revisit like how can we lower these, how can we lower these, and the the subject came up like oh well we could sell the cars, and I had just gotten a nice not brand new but brand new to me very shiny sparkly Explorer that I fell in love with the leather heated seats like it was the <laughs> best car, and. That was one of the things where it came up like, oh, well, what if we what if we sold your car? And I was like, well, no, that's not fair. I just got this car like I've been wanting this forever. This is like our nice car. Another subject that came out was selling the house. And we kind of had to have these conversations where things were put on the table and certain things stayed on the table and other things got taken off the table. And the house was a big no, like we're not going to move out of our house. This is our house. We love it. The car ended up getting taken off the table. But it had to be at a time when I was kind of ready for that to happen. We had to have enough discussions. We had to do enough goal planning and have, you know, okay, I think I'm to the point where I understand what you're saying and I'm all in. So I, one of the struggles is you can't force those sacrifices onto your your spouse, your partner, some of your your family. You kind of have to have those discussions and say, listen, this is the life that I want for us. Are you willing to give up certain things and maybe sacrifice certain things for a short time while we build that? And then it'll be even better on the other side. Um, So we've cut cable. Um, That was a while ago. We just have like Netflix and Hulu. We sold the car.
1: I was going to say, and what you're talking about. So there's some big things you can do. Like, so what this really comes down to is getting aligned on what you want to achieve and then figuring out how important is that to you and are the things you're spending money on now more important or less important. And, you know, people can make some big changes. They can sell a vehicle, they can change a house, maybe downsize to then free up that space for them to do it. There's also a lot of small changes people can make. Mm -hmm. So like one small change we made was we used to do um, Friday night pizza and we would order pizza out and it was like a twenty five dollar bill. We now switch to Friday night frozen pizza. It's five dollars, so it may not the seem like a big. Kids not thing. care. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, a lot of those small changes really add up, and especially if you've got a big goal you're going after, and whether it's paying off debt or just giving you cushion, that can make a huge difference in in getting you there.
0: We'll be back to the show in just a moment after a word from our sponsors. Above that ten dollar per month mark. Again, use MKM twenty to get twenty percent off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up! The code is valid until April nineteenth, twenty twenty four. marriagekidsandmoney.com dot com slash Tello. Thanks for considering our sponsors today, everybody. Let's jump back into that interview. Ariana, just to let you know, I think I gave the same line to my wife uh, when we were talking about getting out of debt. I said, how about we I just read this great book called The Total Money Makeover, and we're going to sell your car. What do you think?
1: (laughs) It didn't go well.
2: Seller, she is not alone.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, and the important thing with all of that is um, Ariana said we all have our own epiphanies. And usually what happens, especially when it's coming to like getting out of debt, somebody will have the epiphany and they went through a series of steps to have that epiphany and suddenly they want to go get their spouse on board with it. But what most of us don't do is we don't let our spouse go through that journey to have their own epiphany so that we can then do it together. You know, so that was a huge thing that, you know, I realized was I had to quit kind of pushing her and just trying to force her to the epiphany. (laughs) Yeah. And get her to really the the longer term vision of what we wanted to do so that then when we started talking about what trade-offs we wanted to make, we were on the same page with where we were going
0: that's great have you in in your coaching time have you seen any couples or an individual in the in the relationship push it too far and the
1: consequences of that Absolutely. And um, you know, this is something that's near and dear to our hearts because we attract a lot of couples, a lot of people with families, and they come to us because they want to build a business and they're often very surprised that we actually start with their personal life. So we have a course that we created, it's actually a free course that we just give away because this is so important to us called Plan with Purpose. And the whole course is about you and your spouse getting aligned on what you want your future vision to look like and then the steps to help you guys get there. And we've seen several times where somebody that's the entrepreneur won't take the time to have that conversation with their spouse. And in several cases, it's ended in divorce. Um, It's ended in a lot of family struggles. And I mean, there's people we're working with even right now that we're trying to help them have those conversations because we just see the path that if they keep going this way, their relationship's going to struggle more. And then ultimately, if your relationship struggles, everything else is going to struggle. Your business is going to be so much harder to do. And it's hard enough anyways, without (laughs) adding on more pressure and more stress.
0: Absolutely. Well, that marriage dynamic is, is, is very interesting to me because you guys have a special relationship. You work together on your businesses. So Ariana, what's it like to work with Tom every day and your, and your business, Uh, (laughs) this this poor woman, it's a total loaded question for you, bud.
2: (laughs) Very, when we first started, it was very frustrating because we are very different. So very different personality types, very different types of communication, just different in all aspects of many things. And so when we first started to work together, it was like every time we would have to talk about the business, we would end up arguing over something or disagreeing over something or like just not having a very productive conversation. Um, And over the years, we've actually gotten a lot better but there is still so much work to be done. Like it doesn't get any easier. It's just, you know, little things you've improved over time. And then you have to keep reminding yourself, like I am talking to somebody whose brain doesn't work the same way mine does. And I have to reform the questions that I'm asking, or I have to, uh, make sure that I'm putting that out there, that this is something that bothers me and we should have a conversation about it, you know? Um, and over I think now it just comes a lot more naturally to me because we do do it all the time. Um, but yeah, it's very many times. I found it very frustrating. His like big picture vision, he would always be off and running with the next idea. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. We haven't even figured out the details of how we're going to make this idea work. And then he's off starting another business over here and we're having another kid. And it was, it was a little bit of chaos those first years. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that's, 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 um, It hits home. (laughs) I guess I'll just say that.
2: So, (laughs) so
0: we, you talked about it a little earlier. I'm very interested in how the two of you, since you're married and you, you know, you're raising your children together, how do you separate the business side and the family time? It sounds like, you know, maybe Tom's processes of of scheduling everything probably helps a little bit, but uh, explain that a little bit. How how do you separate that?
2: So we've actually come to the Come to the space of we don't separate them. We do everything together. So we've integrated our business and our life. Um, and by and by that, I mean our schedule is one entire big schedule. So the family stuff, as Tom said earlier, always goes on the schedule first. So if we've got something going on that's important to us, it goes on the schedule and the business items get shifted around so that obviously both things still get done. But we want to make sure our first priority is always family time. Um, that get, happens with our planning. When we do our goal planning, it's not just business planning. We also do personal life goal planning. It's integrated right in because ultimately the business is supposed to be supporting the life that we're trying to have. So when we do plan our goals, we want to make sure that the business goals are in alignment with the personal life goals that we have. Um, it comes down to if we, if we've got stuff going on in the business and we know that we can't be as present at home, we figure out ways to make that work. So maybe Tom gets a couple hours to go and knock stuff out. And I'm in mommy mode. And then we swap so that I get a chance to do some of the work and he can be with the kids. Um, but you know, like that's something that we try not to do very often because the way that we've worked things into our calendar, that only happens when big things are happening in the business. So it's very rare. And most of the time we kind of have our basic everyday schedule of business time, family time and we fit those in as needed. Well,
1: I was going to say, and, and what's so important here, especially if somebody has a job right now, this whole concept of work-life balance it almost paints the wrong picture because it pits those things against each other where the way we look at it is it's all one life, you know? So when we talk about integrating it, it's saying, let's look at all the different aspects of our life. Let's look at all the different roles that I play and figure out how do they all live together harmoniously so that they're supporting each other, not pitted against each other. Because that mindset is what ends up hurting so many people and causes like a lot of those challenges. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
0: Well, let's talk about that, um, transition from the nine to five. Um, so Ariana, I I like my full-time job. I like, I like the benefits. I like the income that I get. Uh, I like the, uh, opportunity that it still allows me to have vacation and hang out with my family. Should I still consider being an entrepreneur?
2: So we get a lot of people that actually do enjoy their jobs. Um, but what, the entrepreneurship piece can achieve for you is so you like your job, you have your vacation time, you have your family time. Um, A lot of people are looking for just like a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra that will allow them just a little bit more of that ideal life that they want. So, you know, maybe you don't want to have to go for a promotion at work. Maybe you just want to have the job that you enjoy right now. um, In order to make more money, you obviously need to do something else. Um, If you have a passion that you can easily turn into kind of a side hustle, that's one way to go. Um, But Tom actually is a little bit of against the passion model and he will share why with you. Um, But it's just, it's having that thing that you can call your own. I know a lot of people do enjoy their jobs, but they're looking for like just that one extra thing that they can kind of do. Um, A lot of people start businesses as a hobby Hmm. on the side, but then they figure out like, Hey, I could actually do this. Like I could actually make some money and help my family either get out of debt faster or like take an extra family vacation every year, maybe pay for your kids to do, I don't know, dance lessons or buy a horse or whatever, whatever (laughs) it is that they want to do. That's like a little bit too expensive to do right now. Having that extra nest egg can really allow you to do a lot more things in life with your family.
1: Yeah. Well, and the key thing I look at here is it's all about options. And when when we're st- stuck and we're struggling, it's usually because we don't have options. And what getting out of debt, what starting a business to bring you more income in, what all these things do is they give you more options. So, you know, you may love your job, but what happens if the economy turns and suddenly you don't have a job next year, right? What happens if you love it now, but suddenly you get a new boss and that job you love, you hated. <laughs> so the biggest thing we always tell people is, you know, being an entrepreneur isn't necessarily saying you've got to leave your job, but having some sort of other side income will then just ease the pressure of everything, whether it's just giving you some additional income or whether it's actually helping to support you if, you know, things go bad and you end up being able to use those options.
2: Well, or maybe maybe your spouse doesn't like their job and your side hustle eventually is able to replace their income.
0: Absolutely. Well, these are these are great answers. Um <laughs> I think a lot of people will learn a lot from this because, you know, you could be in, 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 in different spots. You could like the job. Like you said, Ariana, you could just maybe want a little bit more, a little bit something yep. different. Or or maybe you don't want to go for the, you know, the, the VP spot because it's going to make you travel all around the country or something like that. So, yeah, very, very good. Um, very good feedback. So, uh, Tom, let's 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 say I'm switching spots now. I let's just say I hate my job and I want to get <laughs> out of there. What is the what are the first things that I need to do?
1: Yeah, first things we always like to talk about with people is, you know, get clear on what it is that you want, because what a lot of people do is they'll kind of take that knee jerk reaction, say, I hate my job business. And then they're kind of out there aimlessly and they're not really going towards something. And it's very difficult to stay on track and focus, you know, if you're just tr- out there like I was at the beginning, just trying to start a business. Um, so one is really get clear on what it is that you want. But when it comes to starting a business, one of the first things we always have people do is we have them fill out this one page business plan that's called a lean canvas. So normally people think of business plans like it's, it's 50 pages, you got to do a bunch of research. And most people either won't do them or by the time they get done, they have a bunch of information, but none of us really, um, accurate or relevant. So what we have people do is we have them fill out this one page business plan that basically says, okay, the idea you have, um, who are the people that you want to help with this idea? What problems do they have? What solutions do you think that you could sell them? How much do you think you could sell it for? And it kind of gets all your assumptions out on the table. And then we tell people, talk to as many of those potential people as you can you know and basically what we do is say you know i've got an idea for a business but before i spend a lot of time and money on it i just want to talk to people that this might be for to see if it's even worth me pursuing and i guarantee you if you talk to 20 50 100 of your potential clients you'll know more about those people and they'll either tell you yes this is a good idea and i want to buy it and some of them might even give you money now or You'll find that people aren't interested, or they're not willing to pay. And before you spend a bunch of time and money to start the business, you figure that out, and now you can try something else.
0: That's great. That's a that's a perfect way to do it. And and even, you know, even putting it out there, like you said, oh, you think my idea is great? Or would you be willing to pay me before I make it? You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the key oh, question. How are you
1: really into it then? Okay. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And
0: that's,
1: I was going to say, and the challenge a lot of people do what they naturally do is they say, okay. I need a business name. Let me spend three weeks coming up with the perfect business name. Oh, and now I need a logo and I need a website and people get distracted and they create all of these things before they even know if people like you said are willing to give them money. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, let's focus on having people give you money first. And then if it's viable and we prove it because they're paying you, then we can start putting some of the other stuff in place. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, Tom and Ariana, this has been great. I have a couple questions before we head out. Uh, you mentioned already at the top of the show that you were really into automatic millionaire uh, when you were just starting out. Was there any book specifically that influenced you in more of the entrepreneurial way as opposed to automatic millionaire, or did that did that drive you in the same in the same fashion?
1: Yeah, so that one got me into realizing that we can actually build wealth. Um, But then I realized I didn't want to wait 45 years. So the follow up book um, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And a lot of people have read this. But the big thing that that book did was shifted my mindset around, you know, what it meant to actually be wealthy and be successful. Um, And I think for a lot of people, when they read that book, it kind of shifts how they think about, you know, do I want to spend money on that? you know, car, or can I take that money and invest it or do something else and then take the money I make? So it it really just shifted my mindset. And it's even today, a lot of, um, our core kind of philosophies come from that book.
0: That's great. It's a great book.
1: I, I enjoyed it as well. So Ariana, let's, uh, let's,
0: let's look back to the beginning of your family entrepreneurial journey. When this all started, (laughs) if you could go back and whisper in Ariana's ear, what would you what would you tell yourself on how to make this thing uh, make this thing happen?
2: Huh, that is a good question. I think going back to tell my my past self, just to be open to new ideas and new opportunities because I was definitely like full focus blinders on on like the traditional path I just assumed that that's the life we were gonna lead and I didn't really know what else was out there and even when you know he kind of started talking about that that stuff you sure he could have been a little bit more descriptive and like <laughs> you know told me why he wanted to do all of it but I think I was just so dead set on no this is the way things have to go this is what you have to do this is the order you have to go in that I, I put myself through a lot of mental struggle because I wasn't open to opportunities. I wasn't open to change as much as I could have been and, you know, kind of supporting him, but also just allowing myself to have that different perspective.
0: And then Tom, whispering back to Tom at 22, what would you say?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, um, you know, it took a long time to get Ariana on board and looking back afterwards, the the biggest challenge was I kept telling her what I wanted to do. You know, I want to start a business. I want to invest in real estate, but I didn't tell her why I wanted to do it. And, you know, I think one of the big turning points for us was when we started talking about, well, tom why is this so important to you and i talked about you know the family life that we wanted and what we wanted the future to look like then it got us aligned on where we wanted to go and then it was so much easier to say okay now that we're aligned on where we want to go let's figure out how to get there and um it was that whole why before the what that really made the big difference
0: that's great. That's great. Well, this is an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today. Uh, where is the best place for people to follow you and connect with you?
2: Uh, yeah, it's, it's been an awesome interview. And the best place for people to find us is actually right on our website, uh, Tom and And we're gonna we'll have a special page put together just for your audience, and it'll be slash MKM.
0: Excellent. Can you spell uh, Tom and Ariana for us, just so we make sure everybody gets that?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, I probably should. My name is often misspelled. <laughs> T-O-M-A-N-D-A-R-I-A-N-A dot com. Excellent.
0: And uh, we, we appreciate you guys putting that link together special for the audience. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. You guys have a great day and enjoy your productive work day together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: What an example of building your business focused on family. I love how Tom and Ariana have structured their businesses, businesses to give them ample freedom Choice and time with their little kids. And they didn't sugarcoat it either. It's not all rainbows and sunshine when you're building a business all of the time. There is a lot of work that you need to do in order to become a successful entrepreneur. When you don't have a boss, you are the boss. So you better keep yourself working hard and meeting your big goals. Here are my top three takeaways from my chat with Tom and Ariana. If you are considering the transition from side hustler to full-time, not side hustler, full-time business person. Anyway, number one, find out if people will pay for your product or service before you start. Yes, yes, before. Can you imagine quitting your job for your new passion project and then no one buys your product or service? Yikes. Oh my gosh. That is, uh... Yeah, that'd be bad. So let's test the market first, my friends. Ask friends, strangers, or more importantly, your target market. Ask them if they're interested in your business idea and if they maybe would buy it. And if you're really bold, ask them to place an order today for your non-existent product or service. Businesses do this all the time. It's called a pre-order. Voila, it's seed money for your business. If you find that no one is interested in your business, nobody wants to buy it, nobody wants to pre-order it, it, or maybe they don't even think that it has you know, has viability, you may very well have just saved yourself tens of thousands of dollars and years of wasted time. So go through that process. I, I highly recommend it. One, one book that I read that um, saved me a lot of time was... Will It Fly by Pat Flynn, and he goes through that exact process. I'm going to put that in the show notes and uh, highly recommend that. Number two, if you're in debt or new to the entrepreneurial life, consider a business that doesn't require so much money up front. A lot of folks are in debt. If you're in debt and you start a new business that requires you to pile on more debt, you're not starting your business on the best footing. If you come into sales trouble or some customer service trouble or you just need to take some time off for for family purposes, your stress level is going to go through the roof and your business will fall through the floor in this home analogy. Even if you're debt-free, but you're new to this entrepreneur life, starting a business with little to no money up front can be a lifesaver. The world of a digital entrepreneur is vast, and it does not require a lot of money to get going, so I would check into that. Um, I'm currently having a lot of fun doing this digital entrepreneur stuff. So Number three, find out your freedom number before you make any sort of leap from your full time job, ensure you're making enough to not only cover your life's expenses, your family's expenses, but the other hidden costs that you're not thinking about, like health insurance, vacation time, long term disability, dental, vision, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The point is before you jump, make sure there is a parachute in the backpack and ensure there aren't any holes in it. <laughs> Those were my top three takeaways. Number one, find out if people will pay for your product or service before you start. Number two, consider a business that doesn't require so much money up front. And number three, find out what your freedom number is. I hope you entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs got something out of this one. This was a, a really cool one for me. I know I learned a lot. And if you'd, don't want to leave your job, that's okay too. That's awesome. That means you're digging it. That's cool. I'm enjoying both right now. I'm, I'm liking my side hustle as I'm talking to you guys. Cause it's fun and I get to pursue my passion and I get a little extra dough, which is cool while I still have the stability of my full-time job. And uh, as I talked about on the show with Tom and Ariana, I've been able to balance both while, you know, still living a good life with my family and exceeding my goals at work, which is kind of nuts. I'm doing both. I, maybe it's maybe the joy of this podcast and everything that I'm working on has helped me to exceed my goals at work. Anyway, it's been fun uh, for me to not only do this side hustle, but it's also been fun for me to test the waters for the past two years. You know, It's allowed me to tweak and update and course correct a lot with my tiny little business. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. And if you decide to move forward, make sure it's fun for you, too. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Thomas from San Francisco sent me a voicemail about a life hack that has allowed him to live in one of the most expensive cities in the world.
3: Take it away, Thomas. Hey, everyone. My name is Thomas. I'm a 33-year-old millennial living in the San Francisco Bay Area. What's my financial win? Well, I knew if I ever wanted to achieve financial freedom while living in an expensive city, I needed to figure out a way to pay off my student loans as fast as possible. In under three years, I eliminated $80,000 of student loan debt by living abroad and legally paying 90% less on state and federal tax. I discovered that many employers pay more than double your salary to work overseas. I accepted an opportunity to work on a United Nations program in Saudi Arabia. So I'm a coastal scientist by training and never thought I'd follow my passion to the Middle East. Just like that, my salary doubled and work paid for my lodging, car, and all other travel expenses. Here's a kicker. Insanely beneficial tax advantages exist while living and working abroad. How did I celebrate? Well, I packed up my things and came back to my home state of California. I moved into one of the most expensive cities in the world, bought more real estate, and am now looking for my next housing hack. Passive income uh, from more real estate is my next financial goal.
0: $80,000 of student loans eliminated in just... Three years and a little global travel to boot. Saudi Arabia, too. That's that's pretty cool. Talk about talk about going the extra mile to eliminate your student debt. Oh, that was bad. That was a bad dad joke. Anyway, <laughs> all, bad, all bad jokes aside, Thomas's story is an excellent example of being intentional with your life. Thomas said to himself, what is an efficient smart and calculated move i can make where i'll be debt free in the shortest amount of time with my skill set and and then he did it he just did it he just moved he went to saudi arabia and made a boatload of money paid off his debt and now he's back in his home state of california where he's able to live work and invest in one of the most expensive cities and and incredible cities, I love San Francisco, in the world. And it's because of that hard work and dedication that he put to his debt freedom. If you wanna learn more about Thomas and his path toward building his passive income through real estate, go to cityformillennials.com. That's cityformillennials.com. That's F-O-R instead of four, the number. cityformillennials.com. Thomas, thank you so much for sharing your story and congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on this show? I would love to hear it. Please send me a voicemail at Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail or shoot me a note at Andy at MarriageKidsandmoney.com. These stories really motivate me personally and all of the folks that listen to the show. So just consider it and shoot me a note. I'd appreciate it. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 91. If you like what you heard today, do me a solid, my friends, and subscribe to the show right now. I'll wait. Just just pause the show and hit the subscribe button and then come back. I'll be here. Yeah. Oh, hey, Zoe uh No, I'm still recording, but uh, they're they're going off and they're subscribing to the show. So, no, I'll, I'll, I'll come upstairs. You guys, dinner's ready? Okay, great. I'll be there in a second. Okay, great. Oh, five five seconds is up. You did it. Oh, did you do it? Did you subscribe? Great. Thank you. Much appreciated. I'm just trying to grow my small business like Tom and Ariana talked about today, so your subscription... Will help me do that. Free subscription, by the way. Thank you so much. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Winston Churchill Success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. That's what it's all about, my friends. Keep charging forward. Carpe diem.